What's the deal? It's Mr. Fresh to Death, Pretty Boy Smooth, and you are now listening to Wrestling Cheers. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you get that goofy shit out of here. This is Wrestling Cheers. We'd like to talk about things going on in the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is a review for AIW's Go For Broke, Episode 7. I am your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe to your ever listening to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Apple Music, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email if you so choose to desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I said, this is a review of AIW's Go For Broke episode seven. I've already introduced myself. And if you've been listening to these episodes where we review Go For Broke, don't know the panel first. We got Charlie Butters. All right. I'm ready to talk about. Is this something you might be interested in? Let's do this. I'm surprised not enough people. Nobody's talking about that. I know. What the hell, man? Like nobody wants to talk about it. And uh, next up, well, what is on IWTV this week? <laughs> no, seriously, what's what's on IWTV this week? Actually, before we get into that, let's get into uh, this week in wrestling history. And we have uh, okay, we have nothing. So weekly purchases. Uh, I've I bought a cameo uh, from Nick Gage to send to Matt Cardona for his birthday. That was really fun. It's on the internet if you need anybody needs to check it out. But anyway. <laughs> we also have Jay Gold. And I am ready to to review WrestleMania Backlash. So I can't wait for that to be getting ready to roll. I heard there were zombies. Can you confirm this? That's the rumor. <laughs> I'll say this. A lot of people were bitching about it, but that's kind of like the number one match I heard people talk about. I'm not defending WWE in the slightest, but when people hated on that pay-per-view, that's the only thing they fucking talked about. And I have to remind them of that. I'm like, if you hated it so much, don't fucking talk about it. Because as someone who was recording a podcast during that time, I it's the main thing people are. I'm noticing people are talking about. I didn't see it, so I don't know. I was I was watching Tenet while I was on walking on the treadmill. <laughs> David Tenet. Well, the movie Tenet on HBO Max, but sure, David Tenet that works. The the Doctor is that correct? Yes, that would be the uh, tenth Doctor. Yes. Oh, speaking of 10, uh, this, well, technically the last evening, but it counts today too. my uh, 10 year anniversary in podcasting. Oh, Mazel Tov. Congratulations, Justin. Now let's add up all the hours that I've spent doing podcast, editing podcast, and then add that to the money I've spent hosting a podcast, uh, buying equipment for a podcast. I've spent way too much money. <laughs> Maybe like $10,000. Was that, was that a joke? I don't, I don't, 
I don't think it's that much. I, I, I don't know. I was just throwing a number out there. I would say maybe around three grand, three to five. It all depends because like right now, a little peek behind the financial curtain, Podbean is only 10 bucks a month. There was a point to get the same benefits. I was paying 30 bucks a month. And when they lowered it down to 10 bucks, I was like, fuck yeah, give it to me. Cause it's a yeah, lot. I think I've put in just over in my four years, I've only put in just over a thousand. I think, I mean, in between the roadcaster, the zoom H six years of, uh, Podbean, I think, uh, in September, it'll, I'll, I'll, I'll have had Podbean for nine years. First little bit was I was running off free, but then they changed the free settings to like something super small to where you didn't get that much bandwidth, but that's, that's neither here nor there, but I've spent just so much time and money. I mean, I love doing it. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's funny. My previous relationship, she hated the fact that I used to play video games a lot. Now I don't play them as much, but I do this instead. I have not spent a dime on my podcasting <laughs> career. <laughs> I, I get paid in smiles and I give out laughs to people. That's how I do it. <laughs> that is false. Sounds like socialism <laughs> to me. No, no, that's, that's, I would say that's technically false. Did you not spend money on the AIW Patreon and do an episode? That, that's classified and confidential. <laughs> The, I think the funny thing you should have said was like, no, my brother paid for that. <laughs> so you could feel like, no, I never, I never spent any money. Still haven't spent a dime. <laughs> right, Sammy? <laughs> but uh, yeah, 10 long fucking years. But let's move into what I did discover after podcasting was AIW. And now we have Go For Broke episode seven. Also, um, I feel a lot better. Than I did last week. I literally legitimately felt like death. I didn't think I was going to go to work the next day, but when I woke up, I did feel better. So one more week and I'll be fully vaccinated, fully hundred percent good. I can, uh, I can kiss Charlie butters when I see him next. Oh my, <laughs> I was going to say, are you sure about that? Cause you, you, you were up, uh, editing last night, very late. So you, you, you feeling it yet? Oh, I'm, I'm compared, oh, but compared to last week, I'm fine. Like I was more like, like literally you guys talk, I'll go on mute. And then when you're done talking, I'll transition to the next thing. Cause I wanted to get this shit over with. I think we set a new record last week for shortest episode of the go for broke review series too. So that's good. Oh, hands down. Cause I think every episode is around an hour. I think between an hour and hour and 15 minutes, which I think reviewing an hour show is fine. And I think before I did any editing, we were already under an hour. So it's like, oh, this is going to get down even further. <laughs> All right. Back to go for broke. What were your guys' thoughts on the episode as a whole? Start with Jiggled. Uh, I would say tonight was a night of upsets and uh, a night of setting the the pieces on the board are now moving in motion. And I think um, I think tonight was a it was a good transition type of night. Um, but yeah, some, some big time upsets and some, some good transition pieces. So definitely a, a, a different type of episode from last week. Like we like to say, every episode's different and this was no different than that. You know, every, this was completely different than last week. How about you, Charlie? It kind of feels like everybody is getting more comfortable. Like the, um, the way things are being edited and stuff like that, it feels like everything's just more comfortable 
we're, we're getting to the point where like nothing's too jarring when we see backstage stuff or certain like camera angles or certain things like everything feels like, you know, there's, there's the storylines we got going on and there's things going on and it all feels um, just like it's flowing real well. And I like it. I like that. It's keeping up with everything. So one thing that I've liked about, you know, go for broke as a whole is there, there are a lot of storylines going throughout. They don't all get attention every week or they all don't get the same attention, but things are getting watered and whether, you know, certain things have any like really big payoffs. Like there's one thing we'll see later on in this episode. I'm now wondering like, okay, what's going to happen here, but it's fun to watch it as it goes, whether it's going to be a big ending or not. They don't, they don't forget anything. Um, and, and that's, that's, I think that's what keeps the show so fresh is that you they, they didn't forget. So no matter what interaction has happened, you're going to get, um, there's been payoffs and, and transitions through those interactions. All right. Uh, butters, how did the episode start off? We got our recap. We got to see Steve guy again this week since Duke did not pay for time again. And we got into our leaderboard which I'm going to gloss over this week. I have a photo of it here, but not a lot going on. We got some stuff moving around. Uh, like Jay Gold said, some pieces are moving around, but Duke's still in the lead, and Wes Barkley is nipping at his heels, along with uh, PB as well, Pretty Boy Smooth, and Trey Lamar. So still uh, anybody's game right now. And then we got uh, a our opening vignette was of Frankie Flynn this week. Another guy that uh, I've enjoyed this revisit for him of just doing something new, something different. I've actually known the whole Ben Carson fact about him, but I remember when I was told by him, he's like, just don't talk about that. He's like, I don't really want to talk about it. So I was like, okay, that's fine. So him like coming on talking, I'm like, oh, awesome. Like this is seeing a little bit more talking about uh, his brain surgery and all that kind of stuff. That's, that is real life Frankie Flynn that we don't necessarily get or have got in AIW, but this is what we are expecting now with go for broke. So I was really happy for Frankie to drop the crazy for a minute and just speak from the heart. Well, I didn't realize he was, he was the first class. I mean, I, I haven't been watching AIW as long as you guys. So I didn't realize he was the first class, one of the graduates of the first class and that class is, was pretty good, um, and he his career up until he kind of disappeared. You know when he lost the tag belts, he was. I, I mean, I took him very seriously when he was with Magnum when they were champs, and uh, and that was kind of that was interesting to hear that that little backstory on him. So you know it fleshed out Frankie as a person and and as a as a, uh, just just to see that he's back was. I mean that that just gave him another layer. So. You know, that that vignette, no different than the others where it just really fleshed out who these who these guys are and uh, and how you want to choose to root for them or not. So that was that was definitely a, a, a welcome beginning to the show. How did you feel about it, Butters? Yeah, I, I think that the uh, him kind of, you know, breaking that character a little bit and discussing things and like talking about uh, how his mom made him finish college and then take for his wrestling. I thought that was kind of cool. Um just really showing that like that's what he want this is what he's wanted to do uh regardless of you know finishing school and everything like that so uh that was cool um i don't think it took anything away from his character by doing this uh i thought you know everything's still kind of he still feels like he is you know crazy frankie so it's good stuff 
All right, we then got into our first match. Frankie Flynn versus Marino Tanaglia, former AIW Tag Team Champion versus a current AIW Tag Team Champion. Jago, what were your thoughts on the match? Just it, it, Marino is a, is so professional. He's so smooth, and and Frankie kept up with him. And uh, you know, you get you see a little bit more of what made him uh, a tag champ. And um, great match, just entertaining. Good way to kick off. Almost a, a, a two hundred five live style of of match. Uh, Frankie, you know, can can go quickly. He can slow it down. Marino is just super smooth and super professional. So, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. We got to see some cool moves out of uh, Frankie in this. He hit a really cool uh, DDT, and then he also hit the Osaka Street Cutter, which. I've only ever seen hit a handful of times, and I was really impressed that he was took him a couple of times to get Marino up for it, but he got him and he landed it and it looked good. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, Marino obviously, you know, he looks great. Uh, he played to the crowd, which there really wasn't one. So like, you know, they even brought that up in commentary that he's just like going back in old habits with that. Uh, I think that's just part of it. Who he is as a character, uh, as a wrestler, like you want to get the crowd involved, even if there's you know a handful of people there. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, it's a good match. It was uh, Marino getting the pin over Frankie Flynn. Butters, what happened next? Uh, we get to go backstage, and Carson is still trying to get people to put up money. Uh, Kaplan shows up and tells him to shut the fuck up and that he'll fight him, uh, but he won't put his money up because he ain't stupid, and then he wouldn't shake his hand either. So Kaplan's just a gem. He's just a, <laughs> yes. he's just a treasure, and I love his his attitude and there's not enough wrestlers who don't come off scripted and he never ever comes off scripted. He's like listening to Carson. And he's just like, now I'm going to fucking give you my money. And he just, he, he just, it's exactly how you would probably react if you were in that situation in real life. Like somebody's just like, come on, give me your, come on, let's, let's bet. And you're like, no fucking way. I'm not going to bet with you. And that's Kaplan. And he's so genuine. And I think that's what makes it so, him so believable and I, you know, guys, I I didn't realize that Carson was so engaging. I, I really do enjoy watching him. I think he's he's got a great personality, um, and and hopefully, you know, there's more of him sprinkled into AIW throughout the next year or so. But he's got a very very engaging look and personality and tone and cadence to the way he speaks, and it's it's very polished sounding. And and I I like to see where he's going. So that was a fun interaction to watch. I thought it was really funny that you could kind of see everybody break at the end uh, as they stopped recording, <laughs> which is they were trying, they were fighting to, to not laugh. Cause he's just, that was hilarious. That was really funny to me. Like there's a, a lot of comedy to uh, Carson right now. And like mm-hmm. the way he's kind of like trying to get everyone to bet, even people that don't have any wins, like anything, like he, he's trying to get them to bet, like any type of money. Like it's so ridiculous. Like, <laughs> It was great. I, I loved how he was just asking anybody in the back. Even, even I think uh, one of the Von Englands was back there. She hasn't even been on the show yet. He's just like, let's go bet, let's bet, and uh, and that that was, you know, he, he I, that's that's where his like polished, almost like his his polished tone comes from. It worked really. It just works very well for this show. You forgot a segment. Oh, I'm sorry. The Jaylet commercial. <laughs> uh, again, sweet. I have it written down. I, I don't know why I skipped over it. I do have it written down. <laughs> it was the night filthy Tom Lawler danced 
on top of the ECW, uh, the, well, not ECW, the AIW arena. Yep, I was there for it. Saw the whole thing. It was filthy. Still weird to think that was the last Jaylet. I mean, the last Jaylet we've had. Hopefully there is more, but still, how long ago that scene was like, especially a lot of the people on there fucking one, my, one of my favorites, you know, Marco Stunt. And he, you know, my, well, hell, my MJF too, like both of them, you know, AEW now. Yeah, that was a great weekend. And then going going back to uh, Brian Carson, challenging everybody, and he asked Sid to, he asked, told him to put up pounds, actual pounds. Yeah. I thought that was great. And then we got into our next match. Ziggy Heim versus Megan Myers. Uh, did anybody find those, like, giggles from Megan Myers before the match a, a little, like, creepy? Like, horror movie oh, creepy? Yeah, there was plenty of spooky to go around in this match between uh, between Ziggy and, and Megan Myers. And she kind of... Megan Myers in this match gave us more personality. I remember we discussed it. I don't remember which episode we were discussing how I wanted to see her on, like, a, see her whole entrance. And there, there was just another another spot there where you got a chance to see what what could be and her little giggling was was quite disturbing and uh and it worked it definitely she's i can see where she's gonna where this gimmick can can what it what can what it can reach and uh here's just another another place to uh you know this is just another spot that lets you know that she has more to her which was great the first note i have is specifically i'd be okay to never hear the sound Megan Myers made while being introed again. So. <laughs> I didn't know if I was supposed to be scared or turned on, and I was just. Oh. <laughs> well, it worked. It, it she's she. <laughs> it worked. She she's an she's an odd one, and I, I like to see I like to see that that was you know definitely uh, they they do a good job of cultivating this young their young talent, and this is this is the right way to do it here. When I when I see Megan this weekend at a show, I'll ask her what her music is oh yeah yeah i'd like to know what she what she does come out to i believe i have it in the spotify one i uh i'll send it to you after i'm pretty sure it's what she came out to because i was looking back through them to try to figure that out after the last time you asked and it it was like a, uh it was a certain song it wasn't an old-timey song it was like a more modern song um see where where did you get her coming out at when she came out at in the dark match, she came out to her own music. No, I don't think that was hers. I don't think that. No, what they she, came out to a they came out to a group song. They came out to uh, Razor Sharp's music. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure she came out to Nightmare by uh, Halsey. I'm almost positive. Hmm. Megan, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I could be wrong. Well, I I would like to talk about the finish. Are we allowed to? <laughs> No, because I got to talk about the ref in this match first. Ah, okay. okay, here we go. And how he's really, 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 really old looking. <laughs> Don't do that to him. No, <laughs> I, I told him I was going to tease him on here. That's not, I, I thought he did a fine job. And he, I, he did a thing that I really liked in this match where Derek was trying to get up on the apron and get his attention and he didn't pay him attention and paid attention to the pinfall, which I thought was cool because you never see that anymore. Like you always see them get up and go pay attention and get distracted. You never yeah. see straight up ignore them and focus on doing their job. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it, you know, what do they say when you don't, when you don't notice a referee, that's the best way to do it. And I thought 
Porter did a good job. Um, and, uh, and, and the match itself was, was quite surprising. I would say. Yeah. There was a lot of strikes in this match. It wasn't, there wasn't a ton of moves. Uh, Ziggy hit a, a suplex, but it was almost a brain buster. It looked really awkward and it looked like it really hurt. Um, and then there was a couple moves where they, they one did a move to the other and they both kind of, uh, felt the wrath of it. So it was pretty, in a pretty, uh, back and forth match, uh, very even, very interesting. I think, I think my question is where, you know, if I could, you know, talk about the finish a little, where, where are they going to go with this? What was the, what was the, um, what could be the end game, um, for Megan taking the pinfall, you know, winning here today and, and what was, I, I, I'm, I'm curious as to see where it's going to go for Ziggy losing that match. I know, I know everybody gets, you know, not everybody's, you're not going to win every match and it's not going to be, um, it's, you know, I, I don't, I don't envision Ziggy winning the whole thing, but, um, it's interesting that she took a pinfall from somebody who, you know, who I wouldn't consider a, uh, you know, a classic someone who's going to win, you know, more of a, or of an enhancement. And she, she took the pinfall and, you know, now that, that whole production angle is, is great. It's kind of thrown in a tailspin with Ziggy losing. So, so who knows? I realized that, do you know, opponent I'd love to see for Megan Myers. And I don't know if we've mentioned it before. Alexa bliss. No, like I'm talking about like, wrong podcast. <laughs> For more on that, go to uh, Add Odds with Wrestling. <laughs> Danhausen could be interesting. Yeah, I, I like because obviously too, Danhausen has gone away from being spooky, which is fine. But I want to see this Danhausen react to Spooky Megan Myers. That that would definitely be a good uh, a good thing to watch. Or for one night only, we get the return of. Spooky Danhausen, bag the over his head and all. Production Danhausen. Yeah, I mean, cause I mean, cause to me, that's not necessarily just production Danhausen, cause he he was like that other places, but definitely the production Danhausen was that that era of Spooky Danhausen, because then there's also very serious Danhausen with has no face paint. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen him without face paint. And then there's old wrestling Danhausen, which is the best. That's the best Danhausen. Shame. Who's ah? Uh, yeah, uh, Megan Myers, uh, kind of steals a win here. I just wrote down, oh no, that kind of threw things into a tailspin. That's one loss. Doesn't mean anything yet. Who knows when they're going to start the tournament, Butters. You have to know that. Yeah, so she potentially has plenty of time to make it up. Or this could just all be something to keep her busy before they go for the tag titles. Mm-hmm. All right, Butters, what was next? Um, this guy who claims he's like a trainee of Harley Race said some stuff. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. I started to fall asleep. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Ethan Wright, uh, on opportunity, uh, he had a nice vignette here. Uh, he started calling himself the Academy Killer, the AIW Academy Killer. And, uh, so that's interesting. They're finally kind of giving him something here to work with. Um, I jokingly wrote down, maybe if he wears a mask, I'll be interested in him. Uh, that was before he hit the AIW Academy killer line. And then after he hit that, I'm like, okay, maybe not. Maybe this, maybe they're, they're going to do something cool here with them. So I like that. I like the Academy killer thing. I think it gives them, gives them a direction. Um, it, you don't, you don't necessarily need him jumping with both feet into, 
you know, Duke's stable just yet. Um, I like, I like Academy kill. I like it. I like where that's going. That gave him a lot more layers. Um, and it, 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 I mean, everybody has jokes so far about Ethan Wright as opposed to, you know, being on figuring out exactly what people like and don't like about him. So I think this is going to give him, this is his opportunity now to, to expand. If he can't run with it, then forget it. Then we've, we've been right all along, but if he can, um, I, I think, I think he's got something there and there's a lot of Academy guys he can, he can feud with, you know, he could get all the way up to the end and end up against like Dom, you know, the instructor. Right. So who knows? So there, there's a lot of places this could go. Should he shine in this role? You know, he can get all the way up um, and and end up against Dom, end up against Derek, I guess, who works at the the school or Gosh, PME or yeah, Prohibition. I mean, you have you have a lot of places to go with that, and that's what's that's that's a good moniker to slap on a guy and let him kind of work his way up. So there's that's interesting. I didn't think about that because when I started thinking about it, I'm like, well giving him this um you know with a little bit of time we've had to digest the episode like okay so he's gonna beat up on on aiw students um but what's the the big payoff for that is is a student gonna end up beating him obviously you brought up you know maybe he gets into a feud with dom or one of the trainers so that makes sense as as a route to take that instead of you know the big final payoff being like a under uh you know a student coming from underneath and, and beating him. Um, so that could be interesting. I mean, they could do some right. interesting stuff there. That's, I didn't fully think of that angle. Cause I was like, I don't know how that's going to work, but yeah, that makes sense now. So I, I look at it like this. I have decided after that promo, I'm going to root for Ethan Wright to win. He is the only option wins go for broke or at least gets into the tournament wins the tournament and then has to face an AIW student known as Joshua Bishop. See, that works. That works too. I mean, that that's that's another. You got another angle. I don't think he's going to win the whole thing, but you know, it definitely makes sense that if he did end up all the way at the end, look who he's got to beat to to finalize. But you know, I don't know if Thorne has the trust in this in him yet. So we'll see. I mean, if you want to make Josh Bishop the biggest fucking baby face in the world, <laughs> way to do it, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, people would just, yeah, be out for blood on that match. Um, that'd be interesting. Uh, I, 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 too, don't think that it should go that way, but that's a very interesting take. I think that's uh, definitely a possibility. Or we could have Ethan Wright go through everybody in the AIW canopy, not including Joshua Bishop. It looks like he's beaten everybody. And then the music hits, and out comes Kurt Hurts. For those of you who don't that's how we get Mephisto and the Marvel Universe. <laughs> <laughs> we figured it out. I was thinking it's either Kurt Hertz or Gary the King Baller. Or ooh, you know, actually would be a good one now that we're just dream booking or fantasy booking. Doctor Strange. <laughs> I actually thought Arthur MacArthur was gonna bring back uh, uh Mephisto by getting hit in the head and then Mephisto's gonna come <laughs> through him. <laughs> into the into the universe. <laughs> I was gonna say Arthur MacArthur is Doctor Strange, but <laughs> oh, there you go. He's also a, he's a time traveling doctor, sorcerer supreme. No, it was just, that was just a way of calling him strange. <laughs> but no, um, sidekick is <laughs> going going to like just like I was saying a fantasy booking. There is a former student we haven't seen in a while, and that's none other than Chase Oliver. 
Maybe. Maybe he gets in there eventually if he heals up. Oh, hopefully he's healed up already. My understanding was he wasn't healed up in time for the tapings. That's why he wasn't there. But Oh, I mean, because I don't, I don't think he's going to show up at, at the tapings. Like anybody I'm mentioning yeah. now, I don't think he's going to show up at the tapings. I'm thinking because I wouldn't be surprised if this whole Academy Killer thing lasts outside of Go For Broke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good setup. Because there's, there's a lot of people that came from the Academy. And I, you guys throwing out, you know, Josh Prohibition, I wasn't even thinking that. I was going, okay, who's one of the, some of the best just students? And that's why, like, I immediately shot to Bishop because, like, fuck, he's the champion right now. The, both champions right now. That's yeah. how Johnny Gargano comes back and then he does <laughs> things. And then he has to look at his hands because they're so violent in the middle of the AIW ring. It's going to happen. <laughs> that would be the way. Poor Johnny lost his belt tonight, by the way. Yep. Jonah Rock. Put him out. Guys, oh, yeah. Bronson Reed, whatever they call him. Spoilers. Oh, yeah. I had that recorded. I was going to watch it later. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> for, for your next uh, review for Wrestling Cheers, the NXT from one tonight. I don't know. You doing that on IWTV, guy? <laughs> you know, I was thinking about making it one of my likes this week, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> I was going to make it one of my likes, but we got homework, so couldn't really do it. Yeah, it's a collapsible segment. So, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Big Twan Tucker and Ethan Wright. Hit that music. Because that's the match we had. We talked enough about Ethan Wright. I forgot that we didn't actually get into Big Twan Tucker versus Ethan Wright. God, I was I was really hoping for an upset big victory from Big Twan right here. Just. Pulling Kill off. that gimmick right away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Academy Killer. No, you're not. <laughs> nope. I'm sorry. <laughs> Twan just woke your ass up. No, you're That's not. Right. <laughs> Twan's oh, like, that no. would be amazing. Twan's like, no, say less. Wouldn't it be amazing every week they give him like another moniker and he just loses it <laughs> the very next match? <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yes, that would be great. <laughs> Let's this week I'm the Academy right Killer. There. Steve nope, got you're get done. on this. <laughs> uh, that would be fantastic. One note in this match, I did see Duke up in the nest watching the match, which I thought was a nice touch. But he's up there scouting his boy. So I think he was up there all night. I've I noticed him and I think I actually I don't want to say who who I thought it was, but I'm pretty sure the Duke was up there like all night. Yeah, they're they they change up every once in a while up there if you if you pay attention there's different different dudes up there well it's i was I, I usually try to pay attention when they go to that cam and like i specifically noticed duke for this match and then i noticed uh dom for a match later on so i thought it was kind of interesting you never know that that might tie in somehow they might be little easter eggs we don't know yeah i, I could i think tuan just the two of them just slammed into each other a few times um but it, you know standard i think for Twan, a Twan type match, a brawl, you know, kind of a messy brawl. Um, and Ethan Wright is definitely uh, uh, more polished. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, uh, the, I, I, I th- good, good match, good place to put Ethan Wright after that that vignette coming out to wrestle a guy as popular and as large as Twan. So, you know, that kind of gave him an extra rub by making him uh, beat a guy much bigger than him. I like that snap elbow he does. It looks real, real good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really like, uh, I'm not going to get into the finish, but I really, really like the figure four when he locks it in. It's, it's, uh, it's been pretty well protected so far. And right. I, I like when it's done uh, the right way. Yes. When, yeah. when you do the figure four the right way, it, it, it's the finish. Definitely. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't always have to be, uh, uh, 
a 30 second, you know, like back and forth, uh, trying to get, you know, the crowd to pump you up to get out of the figure four. Sometimes you're just, you're just done. And I think like for me as a, as a, uh, you know, I really didn't watch a lot of younger Ric Flair. Uh, so I don't know if it was, he did it more often when he was younger, but like the figure four was never a finish to me for the longest time. Like they would tease it and say that that was his finish or whatever. But like, I don't remember maybe a handful of times I've ever seen him ever finish it. They always got out of it. Somehow it was always that spot where all they, they had to get to, you know, get to the ropes or break, you know, roll over on their stomach to counter it, whatever. It was never the finish. And I love that with Ethan, Wright, You know, when he locks that in or that he's working on a body part to get to that finish and it's the finish. I like it. I think that's really cool. Yep. You don't always have to get out of a submission. You can, you can lose to it. And that's, that's a good, that's a good thing. I just randomly checked cage match. Cause I was actually going to pull up something about big Duan. Because I was going to make some sort of mention, like, you know, he went from feuding with MJF and Dom, and now he's losing to Ethan Wright. Uh, the times are actually already updated on Cage Match. Really? Yeah. Impressive. I, actually, I should say, it's not that the, the, the times are updated. The fact that the card, the results are updated, and it has time. Wow. But but you say that about Tuan, you know, where he came from and where he's going. It, it's... You know, and, and as and they want Go for Broke to kind of exist sideways, you know, almost parallel universe to the shows. So just because he loses here doesn't mean that his momentum would be taken away in front of the live crowd. Ah, but the one thing about Big Tuan is since uh, early 2019 or early 2020, like he hasn't wrestled as much. I mean, yeah, I know we had the pandemic, but he really didn't wrestle at all. He had during the pandemic one match. Yeah, Tuan, Tuan had to go through some stuff um, during the pandemic. So, you know, unfortunately, he didn't get a chance to to keep his, his matches going. But it's good to have him back anyway. He's in a rebuilding phase, I think. And this yeah. is, you know, he may toil around a little bit. But I think that once he finds his footing again, he'll be he'll be back up there. It's just going to take some time. Not everybody can have the spotlight all the time. So he's just got to reconfigure and he'll be back. And I think he'll be, you know better than he was before most definitely he's he's always a fun dude to watch or he's a fun also a fun dude to watch him when he watches a match all right yeah it was uh ethan wright making big twan tucker tap for the win what was next butters all right so we got a nice uh vignette for casey carrington the fourth and uh i'm gonna be kind of critical of this because i think that all these other ones really, you know, dove into some stuff and kind of told a little bit about their personal life and then kind of, of, you know, rode the, the line there. And I think with his, he, he talked really fast uh, to start off with, which I thought was kind of like, why, why are you like go, talking so fast? You can slow it down a little bit. Um, the other thing is if you're going to play that you're a rich guy and that, you know, you you already have all this and all that. There's two guys you can study very easily that are going to make you worlds better, and those are MJF and Teddy King. And like, if he listens to this, please study them if you're going to do this character because I'm sorry, but like, whatever this like Richie kid character is does not work when you've got people like MJF and and when Teddy King was wrestling. Those guys know how to be the Richie heel uh, character, and it just it just seemed not genuine to me uh when i saw this um well, other than that i think he's got a good look but 
yeah, he has a good cockiness to him. And, and, you know, sometimes he's very young, like very young, 20 mm-hmm. years old. Sometimes you got to say, look, this is, this is what I'm trying. And then you'll have some, you have evolution from there. Um, and I, you know, he's not, he's not trying to be MJF. He's not, he's not trying to be, um, you know, million dollar man. I think, um, I understand where he's going, where he wants to go with it. It's just going to take a little time. And I find nothing wrong with them kind of introducing him to the, to the AIW universe, you know, with this, with this, it's, it's okay for now. I mean, for it's, it's for TV, it's okay. Um, but you're right. He should be studying those other guys, you know, to, to get to that point. But I think he can, at least he knows what he wants to do. It's not like he came at you and you were like, this is a mess. I have no idea what he, what he's trying to get across. You know exactly what he's trying to get across. I just think it'll take some time to kind of, um, evolve. I mean, that's, that is good that he does know like what his character, like what he's trying to get across with his character, but it just, I'm, it just fell flat for me. Like I, I'm mm-hmm. not that hard to please. And it just really like, as soon as I kind of saw it and started kind of getting, you know, as he was going on, I'm like, uh, I don't know not sold on it yet. So, I mean, I wasn't sold on Ethan Wright and this week really sold me on him. So we'll see what, what we go as the show continues. I mean, I may eat my words in the next couple episodes. So I hope that's true. I hope I do. I was just checking some things out. You know, Charlie, you've seen Casey Carrington before. Um, yeah, I probably have. He was a part of team mega at dropkick diabetes. Yeah, that makes sense. How long ago was that? That match was super disappointing though, because like there was no clear cut winner there. So it was just like everybody started just doing spots. It was just a, a hectic mess. It was good stuff though. Well, was uh, it how, be- long, how long ago was that match, by the way? Because he's only 20. How long ago did you see that? 2018. 2019. Wow. Okay. 20, was it 2019? Summer 2019? Yep. Wow. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. I was still with my ex at the time. Yeah. I mean, uh, at the same time, that show was also ultra long. So it's easy to forget when we saw literally like 50 wrestlers that's true very true like that's not i don't think that's too much of an exaggeration it might be a little but is it bad that the only thing that sticks out to me from that show is trailer park jericho (laughs) (laughs) is that who i think i think it is or is it there was another trailer park jericho i I wish i wish stacy could have poured another drink on okay okay yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) you got that (laughs) yeah because i was kind of like Looking up some stuff really quick on Casey Carrington, uh, see if how much he has done. I mean, like, you know, he came from Mega, but I don't know if he is a rich kid or not, but he got he does have the fucking like look. He does. And like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with where it's at, but I just I don't know. I don't know if you can do the rich boy character and make people like you like they're what they do with these vignettes it's a it's it's really hard to really ride that line and like make me feel for you as a person but also hate you as a character and i don't think i just i don't i don't think it's anybody's fault that it came off to me this way but i just i don't know i wasn't i wasn't impressed i don't know like i said i'm still rooting for him i want him to do good i want him to prove me wrong so i'm hoping in these next couple weeks he really you know amps up this character and proves us wrong but i mean or you know in this next year now that you know we got wrestling coming back probably full-time this summer hopefully he really you know goes leaps and and bounds better and 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 really proves me wrong i i absolutely you know 
put my foot in my mouth on that one. That'd be fine. I, I, I root for the guy, but I just, I don't know too similar to other stuff. And I, those are done so well. I just feel like he needs to, if he's going to do it, do it all the way, not, not halfway. That's my rant. That's my last rant for the night. It works. All right. So what was after the Casey Carrington vignette? Oh, we got to see Tuan coming back and Brian Carson trying to get him to bet. <laughs> and, uh, as you're, as you quoted earlier in the episode, he told him to get out of here with that goofy shit. So, well, cause Carson goes to him. He's like, come on. He goes, we can bet that's woke, right? <laughs> <laughs> he was just, his delivery is so good. It sounds, it's so television, like o- almost like game show host voice. Like he just has that perfect cadence and it just, it was very funny. And Tuan was so angry. It was great. It was just like, he just comes off a loss and he has to deal with this putz that's talking to him. And it just, it just sounds so Tuan's reaction was just perfect. (laughs) One of the things that I really thoroughly enjoy is this whole part of, you know, Brian Carson trying to get people to put Biggins bucks up. Whether this is what I was referring to early on of like, I don't know if this is going to have some sort of big payoff or not. Like, you know, somebody close to the top puts up, up all their money and then boom, you know, Brian Carson is now in second place or, you know, the tie for second or third place. Or it, it just could be this thing where he, it this could, just continues like this. I'm, I'm fine with it. It's one of the, one of those things there could be a big payoff. There might not be, but it's fun to watch no matter what. Yeah, it could be really great. I mean, he could also d- completely lose out on everything, and this could be him introducing a new character or a new uh, edge to his persona. Like, it's really great. Like, it's a fun comedy segment to to keep going in the show to keep things light, as serious and as you know things have been throughout the show. So, for him to like have these really fun comedy segments, almost it's been it's been nice. All right, then uh, that got us into Brian Carson's match. Brian Carson versus Kaplan. I want to say they called this before the Mayfield powers explode. <laughs> when they had uh, when they had a match at um I I want to say No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Brian can well, it, can correct it, it me was, on that it one. was a it was a big uh, uh, I mean I, I did not see this coming but Kaplan and and Car- Kaplan put put a beating on Carson for a little while. Um, and then, and then it kind of, the tides change, but yeah, I, I didn't, I, I like this, this, uh, unpredictability of stuff like this. The fact that he could, you know, he could say to, you know, Kaplan earlier in the show, come on, put it up. And Kaplan's just like, I'm just going to beat you up. And, and you get in there and, and that's, you know, I, I don't call any matches. Kaplan has a match. They're, they're really fights or they're really just two guys just throwing at each other. And that's, and, that, and that's what it kind of felt like. So, um, again, didn't see it coming, called it a night of upsets and all these things, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was it, perfect for the show. This, this episode felt, felt like that helped for a transition. It was good. What were your thoughts on the butters? I just used a surprise face emoji for, uh, my notes. Cause I thought that was, I mean, that's the look I had on my face the whole time, which is like, what the hell is going on? Like at one point <laughs> Kaplan, like through his spinning clothesline and it legit just looked like you've just spun and punched Carson, right? Carson right in the fucking face. It was great. Uh, yeah. Kaplan's matches are, are they're You can call them a match, but they're just, you go in there and just try to survive is what that is. And it's just him going crazy. Uh, 
And yeah. he missed he missed the split leg and moonsault. He oh did. god. He the, landed on his head. Like <laughs> Yeah, his face got some uh, matte burn on it from that one. That was pretty rough. I was kind of worried because like Carson was so close to the ropes to him, like, man, he's not gonna land right. Like I think he close. was doing it so he could get the hell out of the way when that, right. <laughs> that was coming. He's like, I'm gonna get as close to these ring ropes as possible. So when I do move, all of that does not come down on top of me. Right. Yeah. So I think um I think uh uh the the most surprising thing is that the the leaderboard kind of stalled out tonight because with Kaplan losing, um he he was winning a ton of matches and now the leaderboard got stalled out with people climbing up higher. Um well, we'll talk about the main event later, but you know, Kaplan's momentum kind of got hit a brick wall right there. So that was extremely surprising. Yeah, there's lots of, you know, new uh, faces and stuff that are going to be on the leaderboard next week. So uh, yeah. it's, I mean, it's the, the competition is intense. Anything more on Carson and Kaplan? Nope. Brian Carson surprised us all. Pin Kaplan to pick up a victory. What was next? Oh, we got to see Rick from Time Capsule Toys in Girard, Ohio. Which you should, everybody should go there. Go buy your tickets for Toy Ohio and be there... I want to say it is, as I'm looking it up, May 30th, uh, I think 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Mikey Whipwreck and Shane Douglas will both be there. This is Mikey Whipwreck's uh, kind of like farewell tour. He's going to do this uh, signing, and then they're, right afterwards, they're both going up to Erie, Pennsylvania through the same uh, like company doing a, another autograph signing and that's it. Mikey Whipwreck is going to, I don't know whether he stopped doing, you know, uh, signings and appearances or like he's going to really halt them and be very rare. I'm not really a huge Mikey Whipwreck fan, but when the opportunity presents itself to you and it's like, yeah, get it now or you may never ever have the chance. Even if you do like become a huge Mikey Whipwreck fan. So I was already kind of planning on going for, uh, Shane Douglas getting another, uh, picture with him another opportunity and i might have bought an ecw shane douglas figure that might be in my possession by the time this episode comes out we'll see but you won't put him on the playlist because he's not <laughs> in aiw wrestler in my book and that's why i won't put him on the playlist shame no shane it's a m and not an n stop it or it's an n not an m <laughs> oh man Next time Justin and I see each other, it's going to be like Carson and Kaplan all over again. <laughs> I thought we were kissing. That's what I thought. <laughs> Speaking of Kaplan, what was next? Uh, Kaplan runs into the Rip City Shooters, who hyped him up and said that even though Wes is in the tournament, uh, he's their pick to win. And they'd help him out if he needed. And he said he might take them up on that. And one of the lines Bishop delivered during this, because I noticed start paying attention to their, their little quips they get out there. Bishop said specifically, you were my favorite wrestler when I was a kid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which popped me real big. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Wes, Wes and Bishop and Kaplan forming like the trinity of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. That is love it. triple threat right there. That's what I think. That I think Bishop said uh, he called it the uh, the triumph triumvirate or the the trio of intensity. Um, but uh, uh, 
that was that was a good little scene. I like I like those little that those quick hitters. I think those are fantastic. The holy trinity of intensity, Bishop called it. So it was that's fun. I like I like when they put those little ones. We only got the uh, quarter hour God in there for about you know thirty seconds, but uh, you got to get Wes in there if you want the ratings to pop. Yeah, he was on uh, New South, I believe, as well at, at eight o'clock. So he he was on all over IWTV tonight. So luckily, both of those shows are on in the same time zone, so it didn't, it didn't take as long to get from Georgia. How you know the jet? Uh, <laughs> took a private jet. Casey Carrington's private jet. Stop it. <laughs> well, speaking of which, the one he uh, loads baggage onto on weekends. This little butts. <laughs> Casey Carrington versus Derek Dillinger. My pick, my MVP to my my pick to win it all. Casey Derek Carrington. Dillinger. Yes, Casey Carrington. <laughs> Don't tell Derek that he murdered me. No, Derek. My pick. I thought this was going to be um, a, a match where Derek was going to teach this kid a lesson. I mean, he he. I think at one point he he like Vader power bombed him, um, just put him through the mat, and that choke slam. Anytime a guy lifts the other guy by holding the back of his belt with the choke slam, they never come down flat. They always come down in some sort of because they get them so high up, they never land properly. It always looks more devastating to me when you see those assisted power the choke slams. Almost like I'm picking you up by your by your belt and I'm gonna just throw you. I'm gonna toss you. It's almost like a Samoa Joe type of choke slam, and Derek just put a beating on him. But I, I love I love watching Derek wrestle. I think he's he's so so next level on there, and and he he it was a good match. It wasn't it it didn't feel like a rookie versus you know a veteran, but um, you could tell that that Casey was in some uh, uh, deep waters against Derek. Yeah, at the opening of the match, there was discussion about um, the end of last week when Derek and Ziggy were talking about being the first intergender tag team champions. And they made a correction that they would not be the first intergender tag team champions. And Derek said that they were rewriting history, that that didn't count what happened before. So my question is, Justin, do you know who the first intergender tag team champions were? NAIW? Yes. Hope it change. There you go. All right. Who's that? That would be Gregory Iron and Veda Scott. Oh, interesting. They defeated the Batiri. And I think they lost it to the No. The Batiri were AIW tag champs? Yeah. Fascinating. I did not know that. The Batiri huh. beat, I don't think it was a one-on-one match. I think it was like a, a four-way tag match, but I know they beat uh, Euthanasia. For those was who that cro- cross and prohibition? Yep. And then I think, I'm trying to remember who beat Hope and Change, or whether it was the Batiri or whether it was somebody else. Louis Valley? Right. Uh, but yeah, the rest of the match was really, really great. Um I thought this was a really good main event. It had that uh, that little bit of extra time to it. Uh, Derek looked like a million bucks. Uh, they had lots of interference going on on the outside, which was great. Uh, and they really they did a nice callback to uh, mentioning that um, there were, uh, that uh, Xavier uh, kept getting distracted and how uh, previous matches the ref did not get distracted. And I thought that was a nice kind of like callback to that. That's because Porter is a professional, Butters. 
I just think that he's so old that his, his time and reflexes is just not there. He just he wanted to react, but he just couldn't get up off the mat quick enough is what it was. No, I'm joking, I'm he's going to find me at the show and, and hurt me. Uh, no, but uh, so I thought that was really great. Um, I did see Dom in the balcony, which I thought was cool. Him watching in on the match. And then, uh, Derek Dillinger's, uh, the, the, his finishing move that he used this week. I, I think he's used it as like a signature before it's, a, it's like the bubble bomb, the full Nelson. He yeah. picks him up and drops him on their ass. And then he turns it into almost move. like a, a styles clash type pin. Cause he rolls you over onto your yeah. face. Yeah. Yeah. Look, that's great. Good stuff. I like that. And I like that it has a pin combo to it. That's a good, good way to roll them out and finish them he, up. He's a big dude to do that Bubba bomb. That's that's the kind of guy built like him. He's kind of built like Bubba Ray, very very um, wide, you know. Um, and and guys like that can pull that move off. If you see that move done by a smaller wrestler, you it doesn't feel like a finish. But a guy the size of Derek lifting you up like that, you're gonna that's it, it works as a finish. Mm-hmm. So I think um, I think that yeah I, I agree with you I like the way that that finish looked. Going back to it, uh, it was the Batiri that beat Hope and Change. They lost to Hope and Change for the titles, but they beat Hope and Change to regain the titles, and that was back in 2012. Wow. I'm trying to look real quick because it says they lost it to the Fuckets, but I don't remember. Uh, I think they. Yeah, I don't remember what happened with that. Anyway, anything else on this match? Uh, with that win, Derek is only one more win away from tying the Duke. My pick. I told you, just got to take. Just takes a little time. He'll get there. And it was Derek Dillinger pinning Casey Carrington for the win. Butters, how did this episode end? Oh well, we got to see the Duke with the Bitcoin Boys backstage in the green room, uh, trying to get the Bitcoin Boys some matches. And uh, Jocelyn challenged Mikey. And Dom well, challenged Duke, but Duke pawned off on uh, poor Eric Taylor. Well, they were they were giving everybody the business, and nobody was stepping up. And Jocelyn comes from out out of the the you know wherever the upstage upstairs or backstage area to, to accept that offer on Mikey Montgomery. And uh, I forgot at one point Duke or somebody was messing with Artie, and Artie lost the uh, accent. So. I don't know which Artie that was, Butters. If you can, if you could confirm, you know, if you if you talk to him by Telegram, find out which Artie that was. If that was, you know, the newest version of Artie, or if this was a, a backwards version, a couple generations. But they were yelling at him, um, and then Jocelyn stepped up, and I, I loved the badass Jocelyn uh, segment there. I, I I think she is she's great. I take her very seriously, and you could tell. Uh, by the way, Duke talked to her, and and by the way, the Bitcoin boys talked to her. That they were taking her seriously. They weren't like, oh, who is this girl coming in? You know, talking to us. You could just tell that she came out and laid down a challenge. And when Mikey, when Duke's like, oh, Mikey's going to do that. Mikey did not look a hundred percent certain that he wasn't going to come out of that match. You know, uh, with a loss. So um, I like what they do with her. I like how they're building her. Um, and I think that the, the stuff with Eric Taylor, his sweater was horrendous this week. Um, and, uh, and I, j- I just, li- I liked how they, they kind of finished the episode off with that. Yeah. It gave us a couple of matches for next week. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. awesome. I- I'm looking forward to both of those. Those are going to be really good. Yep. All right. That 
is the episode. Any final thoughts for last minute plugs before we go? Jay Gold. Nope. Jay Gold 12 on Twitter. And speaking of 10, uh, my anniversary is uh, my marriage is on Friday, 10 years. So another use of 10, you have 10 years in the business. I have 10 years with whatever it is I'm doing here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's about it. Hope everybody's doing well. How about you, Butters? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Charlie underscore Butters. And you can find my podcast, IWTV Guide, on Twitter and Instagram at IWTV Guide. And of course, you can find myself at JSummers330 on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, much like you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash Wrestling Cheers, Twitter.com slash Wrestling Cheers, Instagram.com slash Wrestling Cheers. Email, if you so choose a desire. WrestlingCheers at gmail.com, and we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I said earlier in the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. You're ever listening to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.podbean.com, and you can find all the links for all the social media and every place you can find the show in our link tree in this episode's show notes. You can also check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, The Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, The Indie Cast, Sobros Network, Biff Radio, Off the Hop Rope, Game Marks Podcast, We Like Sports Podcast, Powerbomb Jitsu, The Spotlight Series, Fully Posable, Doing the Favor, Positively Pro Wrestling, IWTV Guide, At Odds with Wrestling, Best in the World Podcast, Marks with Mikes, Dark Match Podcast, and Porch Talk. Check out our other non-podcasting friends, such as Thrift Store Jobber, The Savage Dash, The Mystery Men, Redline Radio, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, VHS Party Tonight on Instagram, Happy Hour with Steve Guy, The Co-Host Wrestling Show, Good Company, Toy Hio, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Russell Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody it's knows your name. Cheers. Get up on your feet, brightening in your day, in the middle of the week, and you gotta love the show, yeah you know it holds a title for the best podcast, talking wrestling in Ohio, finishing a cold one, take a load off, we ain't all about the prohibition like Josh, so we cheers, and then we sit back, other shows are in the trash, kinda like they Nick Stapp, like the name is Matt Justice, wearing all the gold, wrestling cheers is coming to a close the number one podcast going in the game and one day everybody's gonna know the name it's the wrestling cheers this is platinum max signing off ohio good night the world good night we love you we'll see you next week